Alrighty, I'm excited to be here today with my good friend, Alyssa Gray. She had a recent song come out called Radio with Daytona Chase. You can find that on Spotify and all streaming platforms. But Alyssa is a local Connecticut pop artist. She's on the rise. She's got some great things coming. going to talk a little bit about it today on the show. But tell us a little, bit about, a little bit about yourself. Happy to be here, first of all. Thanks for having me. Um, but yeah, like you said, I'm pop artist based in Connecticut. Um, just had that song come out. And I'm hoping to have a couple more of my own releases coming out soon, too. But yeah. Nice, nice. So what exactly got you into music? Um, I feel like around the age of eight is the first time I really remember feeling like I had that moment where I heard a song and was like, oh, that's a good song. And mm-hmm. it was um, Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. My dad oh, okay. bought me like the CD. And I don't know, just the fact that she like wrote her own music and just had this very like confident energy, like didn't really care what people thought of her. I really just like vibed with that at that age Mm -hmm. and Paramore kind of had the same thing. So that whole kind of pop punk era of music just got me really inspired to like start writing. And how old were you at the time that you had heard this music? Um, eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah. So you were kind of like just teetering towards being in the double digits and getting to that rebellious phase. So it's like, perfectly timed for you to get into rebellious music exactly but uh that's really cool um are there any other songs by her that like stood out to you over the time that you were listening to her that made you really like okay i'm gonna start making my own music today like not just i'm learning how to sing like i'm gonna actually start recording and producing and creating i would say probably her um i'll pull it up actually on spotify i still have like a playlist dedicated just like avril so i can get my inspiration Mm -hmm. but i think um she had this song called Mobile on her first album, and it was just about how, like, she felt like kind of like wanting control in her life, but everything around her was changing. And she just has a lot of great music that's very um, introspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I just really vibed with that, that feeling of like she was like discovering herself, and not every song was necessarily about a relationship or like had to be you know, super glamorous, like, I love Britney Spears, but you know what I mean, like a traditional pop song, mm-hmm. so I just liked that she, she felt very it. authentic. And Yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right, yeah, definitely. I think adding that edge naturally makes something a little bit more authentic, especially with certain topics when you're talking about them, whereas, like, everything that's got a lot, a lot of sheen over it, you know, like, listening to a Britney Spears song, it's got a lot of sheen, and they put a lot of work into, like, making it sound very pristine, I think. Whereas Avril Lavigne, because she was kind of like teetering on that pop slash pop rock sound, punk rock sound even kind of, she had that like more gritty sound. And I think that works better with the type of song she writes too, like the stories she tells and what she talks about in her music. So Definitely. At that point, I was not writing great music, but it was just my first introduction into that feeling of like, you know, wanting to have like control of your own narrative and making your own stories. So, um... Like, I always loved reading at a very young age. Like, in first grade, I could read at, like, a fifth grade reading level. So, like, I just loved words. Okay. And it was cool (laughs) to just, like, have that then as an outlet and poetry and all of that. But I didn't really start – I did, like, talent shows and things like that or musicals, like, growing up. But I didn't really start actively pursuing music um, and taking it seriously as, like, a career option until my freshman year of college. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, so how did you get that started? Did you just go out and buy the equipment and just start trying to record some stuff? Or did you go to somebody else you knew that already had the equipment? Or what did you do? Um, at that point, no equipment. I wasn't even there yet. I just realized that I felt like 
especially kind of in the town that I grew up in where it was very career focused from a young age like all of my friends knew from the time they were 16 or even 15 like that they were going to go to college and they were all going to be doctors or lawyers or whatever and a lot of them you know didn't end up following through on those you know initial careers that they said they were going to do but I just never really felt like I like wanted to go to college or that I wanted to go for one specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but the school I was at didn't really encourage more creative things. So I kind of just convinced myself in my mind that because I wasn't like a child star on Broadway when I was yep. five years old, like I just missed my shot forever at doing something like that. And then when I got to college, I started writing music again because I hadn't done it for a couple of years at that point. And I realized that, like I never really gave myself permission to like even kind of express what I wanted. So at that point, like, I wasn't really ready to be in a studio or start producing, but I got back into writing, and then I went to a convention um, in New York that summer where I met with different, like, executives for acting, um, singing, songwriting, and yeah, I kind of, that was how I got my foot in the door. So do you think that you'd ever want to go back into, like, doing some acting stuff as well, or are you just trying to focus solely on the music right now? Um, Because of COVID... And trying to get into New York and all of that craziness Mm -hmm. the last few years, it just was something that I had to kind of put on the back burner. But I recently did like a commercial modeling gig. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. What was that? Do you know what it was for? Yeah, it's um, for the Connecticut Tourism Department. It was for like a pedal bar. So I literally just got to like drink beer and cycle with some really cool people. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Hey, and you got paid, I'm assuming? Yeah. You get paid to have a couple of brewskis and ride around. That's fun. That's a great day. (laughs) So yeah, I'm hoping that now that things are, you know, a little more back to normal, that I can use that as a way to also help pay for music. Because as we both know, it's very difficult. Um, But yeah. I just love anything that's kind of in that creative realm, even fashion. So whatever I can do that kind of like, I don't know, drives inspiration I want to be a part of. So now how do you think you'll eventually work your way back into it then? If you you do love it, I'm assuming that at some point you're going to want to get back into it. So do you think you'd rather go towards the stage or towards camera? You know, like doing like movies or doing uh, even just short films and stuff like that. Probably something more along those lines. Um... When you say stage, like you mean theater? Yeah, like theater. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The thing with theater is it's hard to get paid opportunities. And also because it's usually, you know, a long production, it takes up so much time. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to balance that while also wanting to, you know, maybe take advantage of certain performance opportunities with music or just, I don't know, being able to maybe spend more time going into the city to do like auditions or things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, in the COVID world, is like it's made a lot of industries difficult. But being an independent at-home music artist has been pretty easy, actually. I think for a lot of people, because you have so much extra time. A lot of people were out of work for a couple of months. What are they doing? They're sitting at home with their their music equipment, and they're probably making a lot more music than they ever made before that or after COVID. You know, for sure, quote unquote after. Hopefully, we're actually in the clear from it. But uh, moving on though into like another topic, uh, same same topic, but you know, a different element about it. What is your creative process like? You know, how do you go about starting a song? What's usually your process? Do you sit down and write lyrics first or what do you do? Um, so I usually get my best ideas in the shower, but what usually happens is <laughs> I get like an idea of a melody or like lyrics that kind of come together in my head and then I'll just make a voice memo on my phone and keep it there or write it down really quick. Um, and then I'll just kind of like build off of it. Um, hmm. It's harder for me to like, sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to write a love song today. You know, it has to just kind of happen 
naturally. Mm-hmm. So I find that when I'm not like thinking about writing music is when I end up writing music. Um, but also recently I've started working with co-writers, which has been a really great experience because it's nice to like not be in my head by myself all the time. So um, it's cool to have people with like different backgrounds and different levels of experience be able to kind of help shape an idea mm-hmm. um, because now, I don't they, always know what I'm doing. Did they work with you on radio or did you do that one by yourself? Um, so that was all Daytona. Oh, I was okay. just the He even wrote the hook and everything for yeah. you? Okay, cool. Yeah, because he did a great job. I really thought uh, on that song you guys had a cool kind of style when you guys worked together. You know, because you have that really clean pop sound. Like, I've, I've, I've showed people your music in the past, and they've said you kind of reminded them of Taylor Swift a little or somebody along yeah. those lines. You know, a very clean, good audio sound. You sound uh, very professional in all of your music. And uh, he has that more gritty, underground, like, hip-hop sound. Even though the song is kind of like a pop summer anthem, I feel like. Uh, yeah. I do think that he had that gritty hip-hop gr- sound to him, you know? That really, like, t- side-by-side it just has this really cool effect, I think. So I really hope you guys do some more stuff together. You guys have another song out before, right, too? Um, I've been featured before. I'm the little voice in his songs that goes, oh, that's Daytona. But <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're his voice tag. Gotcha. But we have a lot of unreleased songs together. But um, like you said, I love his voice. Um, I love the fact that he has a very cool, like, old hip-hop meets, like, modern pop music type of sound. And the fact that some of his songs that, you know, he's shown me that some aren't even out yet um, are so, like, passionate or angry. Like, he's very good at channeling emotions. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. damn, like, what was this about? Like, what happened to you? And he's just like, no, like, I'm just telling a story. So. No, that's that's great. Yeah. Like, uh, I can tell that, you know, what he says, it sounds like he means it. So, yeah. And I think that's a big thing with making a good song or making a good song a great song, I should say. The difference is a good song, if you're singing all the notes right and you play all the chords properly and everything's in tune, that's a, you can make a good song. But a great song happens when you take all that stuff, put it together, and then add proper inflection, you know, right. proper uh, emotion. Uh, yeah, just emotion and inflection. So, you know, I think he does a great job with that. You do a great job with that as well. Like Thank when you. we did our song, I See You, I remember first time hearing you doing that lead up to the last line of your verse and you just like really built up and it got so angry and it felt so like right. And uh, yeah, I, let's, you know, talking, let's talk a little bit about like how we met and whatnot. Cause uh, yeah. I think that's a pretty cool like situation. Cause uh, as I remember it, Dean Frost and you were doing a song together uh, and he came through to the studio. Well, what was that one again? Uh, All the way? Yeah. There, yep. So, uh, you know, I remember you guys, he, he had brought you through and I was like, oh, she's so talented. I got to like, work with her. And then I hadn't really talked to you for, probably a year or so and uh, I was going to do my music video and I was like oh you want to come be an extra in it and then from there we ended up collabing on a song but it was cool that was um I think that was either the first or one of the very first collaborations I ever did with another artist and I don't know it's I think that was something that when I went into this I didn't ever think about kind of how cool it would be to work with other people but between like writing with other people and just getting to like work with people like you like it's been so eye-opening and cool to just see like how everybody has a different process with how they do music. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. That's like one of my favorite parts of like my with my last album, I really wanted to have a good amount of like local features on it because to me it was a great way A to network and get to meet some other artists in the area and uh B to see like their creative process. Like you said, you know, seeing how different people come to uh what they create, you yeah. know, cuz it it is a different like everybody's got a different ladder they're climbing to get 
to the end of their song, you know, when they finish it. Some people start from production and some people start from vocals and some people start from just a piano and vocals, you know, a stripped down version and then they add layers. That's more kind of similar to my process. I usually will do a, a stripped down process of my song and then I'll go in and I'll start stacking layers and changing instruments out and doing things like that to create the the full like pop version of the song or whatever I'm going for, whether it's a pop or a rock song or whatever. So tell me, like, what's your favorite song that you've made? I feel like it's funny, like all of the songs that I have out that are mine, I like hate them at this point because I'm so sick of them. And I feel like how, when I originally wrote them, I was trying to just show myself that I could make like a traditional pop song and at the time like it was great and it achieved what it needed to but a lot of my favorite songs are unreleased so oh, okay. it's so, hard to talk about them because they're not out yet but we are going to get to hear some of them in a minute sure. here so we're definitely <laughs> going to have to take a segue off and check out at least one or two of these on their way because you gave me a couple to look through yeah so uh I would say do you have one of them that you'd want me to pull up right now? You want to just check it out and let's listen? Yeah, we can. Cool. Um, which, which one do you think would you, uh, we should start with? How about we start with... We can start if you want with Barbed Wire. I could let you know a little bit about like what kind of went into building that one. Oh, okay. Um, I made that with my co-writer, Lexi. She's awesome. Um, it was funny. We had so many sessions that we wrote together just over Zoom, and she literally lives like one street away from me. So it's kind of cool that... like. I don't know, given, like, the craziness of, like, circumstances that, like, mm -hmm. we were still able to, like, work. But um, she's awesome. She mainly writes country, and um, she's worked with artists such as Lauren Weintraub, but, um, which is um, another, like, country artist who's doing amazing right now. But we kind of just, like, sat together, and a lot of our sessions, we would just, like, talk, and we just had this mutual, like, experience where we went through different things, but both just kind of felt like frustrated and just like I don't know like angry kind of that people don't always think about like how their actions or words affect others mm -hmm. and so we came up with this idea for this song called barbed wire um just about how like words cut like barbed yeah. wire and just like calling people out kind of on their like negativity oh and cool yeah, I don't know. For me, it was, like, the first song that I wrote that was really kind of in line with, like, those early influences of, like, Paramore, Avril Lavigne, which I feel like my earlier songs didn't have. So, I don't know. I'm really proud of it because I feel like it was the first time that I felt like it was really completely, like, my voice in the way that I would want it to mm -hmm. come out. Yeah, cool. All right, well, let's check out Barbed Wire by Alyssa Gray. Thought you'd never have to see me again Left behind all this mess without consequence Bet you didn't think about how it would be To see your misery ain't got company Cause it's clear to me now You call me insane, I call you nothing Do you ever feel high? Dragging everyone down You still deny everything
No, that's I love the vibe, and it's so cool because especially now that you just told me that one of your big influences is Avril Lavigne, I could hear the influence in that, especially yeah. like the way you de- design your melodies. A lot of the times, that I, what I notice is you have a very similar structure on each song that I love. That you do this, it's like you build the melody up and you move higher and higher, and, I, and you drop off into the ver- the chorus, and it kind of just makes it like feel like a rise, and then boom, you fall into it. And I Thank love you. that, especially when the drums hit on that. It was like, oh, that was great. That's a great track. I'm excited to bump that in the car. Thank so. you. Yeah, it's not done yet. So the vocals mm-hmm. obviously aren't like perfect. Um, some of the words, like originally said, like your words are like barbed wire. We're going to change it to cut like barbed wire and stuff like that. Okay, but, cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. And that's like part of the process that a lot of people don't see. So it's actually really cool that we get to hear this kind of underdeveloped version of the song. Because yeah. we know that it's going to sound great when you finish it based on other music we've heard on uh, of you on Spotify and whatnot. Thank you. So <laughs> with that in mind, I'm excited to hear what this final draft sounds like. So uh, you told us a little bit about, you know, what the meaning of is it is. Do you draw your meaning from your songs from personal experiences or do you look at outside experiences usually? So I feel like a lot of my earlier songs, I just kind of would, I don't know, like make a story and then write about it. So like my first EP was kind of like the evolution of maybe like love so it starts off as like you meet someone but you're not sure you want a relationship and by the end there's like a breakup and then like you know moving on to like a different love Mm -hmm. but it wasn't from like even if it was maybe like a little bit of like personal experience like oh like you know I maybe did a detail in the song like I didn't feel that the emotions behind it were completely real so this song and the newer ones I've been working on from working with other writers, I feel like because I've had someone to kind of like talk things out with and just like, I don't know, kind of create with, like it feels more authentic to my voice because we're taking my own experiences and explaining them in a way that is true to me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I just think one of the things that I maybe didn't know how to do with my original music was write about myself and still feel like people could relate to me. Yeah. So that's been my favorite part. That's just, what I was going to say. Yeah. The best part about like having co-writers on a song, because I've done a few songs with co-writers, and it is good because you get that secondary perspective on, well, did, did they go through that? Because odds are if you're in a room with somebody and they you sing a song and they relate to it and they went through everything that you went through, that there's at least 10 other people if not a hundred or a million other people that have also been through that. Whereas if you're in a room with your best friend or even, you know, say you have five people in a room, and honestly, the more people you have on a writing, you'll, you'll get a better result realistically because you're going to have more perspectives in the same concept. So it's going to be more like people can sit down and be like, well, I went through this and then say, oh, I went through that too. And then Joe says, oh, I went through that too. And then Susan says, oh, I went through that too. Oh, that's yeah. a great song concept because a bunch of us in this room have been through that, which means a lot of people out there have. But even just having one other person to validate, oh, I've been there too. Now yeah. it's like you have that little extra bit of validation before you put the song out that you're going to reach somebody, even if it's one person, you know? And I think that's like the beauty of music is – a lot of people are afraid to put a song out because they want to have a million people listening to it right away or whatever. But if you can like put a song out and change somebody one person's day, I think it's worth it. That to me yeah. makes it worth it. That's what I love about it. Like few times in my career, I've had people uh, reach out to me and be like, oh, this song really spoke to me. It helped me through this bad time or whatever it was. And uh, 
those are like really great experiences. Have you ever yeah. had anybody reach out like that and you know say anything about any of your music, how it's touched them? Yeah, and even this last week, I've had like three different people just be like, when are you putting out new music? Or like, you know, just when people promote what you're doing without, like radio ended up being on the radio in California. Oh, okay. And some of my followers, um, not even just like close friends, but just, you know, people I've never even met who are just so supportive were posting about it being on the radio. And it just, I don't know, like those moments, it's like you're not even asking anyone to like help you, but people like just appreciate what you're doing or like support it because I don't know, maybe they relate to it or just Mm -hmm. like people are just awesome so yeah no it's it's a great feeling even like I said even if it's one person it's just like you feel like ah yes I did something I know know, um when I went to that event in New York um and I had to sing like my original song for the songwriting competition in front of like 2,000 people when I got off the stage there was this little girl who immediately ran up to me and she was eight which was the same age I was when I started writing. And she was like, I loved your song. Like, oh my God, like I want to start writing music now. And she was just like so like excited. And to me, like that was my favorite part of like just being at that event, like not even meeting with like the different like executives or whatever. It was just like that validation of like, okay, like, like you said, at least one other person like understands it or like has been inspired by that. What other aspirations do you think you see yourself having outside of this? Do you do you do anything else on the side? Do you have a, any business endeavors? Or you said you like fashion, so like, is there anything planned on the horizon for that potentially? Like designing some fashion stuff, or what else do you have on the on the burners? I should say. I think that ultimately, I would really like to kind of be able to um, incorporate fashion or just like. I'm trying to think of how to explain it. Like, I loved how um, Billie Eilish, when she had her album out, um, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? She had like a, what was it? It was like a exhibit almost where you could walk through it and like each room had like a smell and a color and something associated with the song, like how she kind of processed it. Hmm. So it was like a very like all-encompassing experience. And I feel like with my music like as it grows and like I don't know I get like more opportunities I want to be able to kind of just create a more of a brand around like those like I don't know like the clothing can relate to the music yeah and then the music can relate to whatever else I'm doing like even you know charitable initiatives and stuff I think so you're kind of like looking to create like an all-encompassing brand that like reflects Alyssa Gray no matter what yeah. But also, you know, stepping into different avenues, which I think makes sense. That's like a long-term strategy that you'll see like a lot of the biggest f- famous celebrities in the history do. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's a good like long-term plan for sure. It's hard and, to uh, articulate though because it's like, I don't know, at least for me, I feel like every song I put out or like every new person I work with, like there's always like a next step. There's never like a finish line with, you know success when it comes to like this industry. Oh, definitely not. So it's hard to know like every opportunity you have until you're presented with it. So I'm just excited to just keep going and see what happens. Yeah, that's that's all you can do is keep pushing along and see see where the road takes you. And uh, I'm sure it's going to take you some awesome places. I want to check out another one of these songs. Yeah. I'm not sure which one you think we should check out. You mentioned the Soho Pixie Dream Girl. Yes, okay. I wrote that with um, my co-writer Trevor. Um, and he's awesome. I'm actually going to pull up. I made little notes about everyone I've worked with so that I would remember to, like, hype them up. 
Yeah. I was, I was joking with him in our last session. I was like, it's so funny because we've been writing for months. I was like, I feel like I know you so well as a person, but we don't come into a session and just go like, oh, like, guess what I did today? Like, <laughs> my song got 100,000 streams, you know? So it's like, it's cool. It's like no people, but also I feel like I don't really know how to talk about people besides like, oh, they're really cool. I love working with them. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's based out of Canada. So again, we do everything over Zoom. Um, and he um, is not just a writer, but he also produces um, and has recorded demos for many artists. Um, and he's had a couple songs that have gotten over 100,000 streams. Um, and he's collaborated at this point with over 100 artists and writers. Um, one of the artists that he worked with had the number one country song. Oh, so, okay. Wow, wow. Very yep. cool. Love all my people I work with. <laughs> no, that's really cool. So let's check out Soho Pixie Dream Girl. Now, actually, we'll listen to it. And then I'll ask you a little bit about it and tell me about, you know, what was the process for writing this one. Sounds good. I know a girl who looks like she's the ultimate beauty queen. Sways her hips and low-rise jeans. Drink strawberry acai. And can't ever be alone. Doesn't matter where she goes. Yeah, just need some way to be up on cloud nine constantly. So go. Do you belong to this world? In all your dreams, they say We could never forget your face They're calling Soho, pixie dream girl Do you wanna be mine tonight? Do you wanna be mine tonight? Soho, pixie dream girl Do you wanna be mine tonight? Take a look at the stars tonight, yeah She'll pick you up when you're falling Leaving something that is calling Party can never be over She'll take a run with a soda Keep staying out till the morning So life can never be boring Nothing waiting at home for her No doubt the whole world adores her So girl Do you belong to this world? None of your dreams can save Them from And you'll have to listen to the rest yeah. of the song when <laughs> Alyssa Gray decides to drop it because that song is a hit. That's awesome. I love that vibe. Did you did you know who produced the track or did you guys hire out or what did you do to find the production? Because I love the the drum pad, like the way he hit those drums. Uh, there's a great compression going on. It just it hits Thank really you. nice and pops out. And your vocal is awesome too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna not mention that. Th but, no, but the yeah. the production on that, I really like felt the groove. You know, Thank it really you. made me want to like about my head and that's like a good thing that's a, a hard part of producers when when it, it's hard to get that bounce that makes you actually want to bounce your head you yeah. know so whoever produced this pro, uh, props to them like that was awesome so that would be zach burke um zach and i have worked together now probably like three or four years um and it's funny like we were working over zoom before covid ever even happened because he's based in la so mm. we just like connected through Instagram and back then like I didn't know how to do shit so I literally like sent him like a voice memo of my vocals and we used like an iPhone voice memo for like one of our first like song drafts ever um so we've come a long way but yeah hey you know one thing one thing I'll say about iPhone uh mics is I'm not sure which one it is so I can't I don't want to say because I don't want to say it incorrectly but I know there's a song that Kanye had done 
I think on his Jesus is King album oh, really? that he recorded all the vocals with his iPhone. Really? Yeah, so you can use your iPhone to get a really good quality, especially if you're in, say, a treated room like this. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you know, uh, you don't even have to be in a treated room, honestly. You could just treat your room a little bit and it'll be better than nothing. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, some mixing and you put it in and you could you can make it work. It doesn't necessarily sound as good as it might sound with like some like higher higher tier microphone, but it's like you know, if, if somebody's if anybody ever comes up to me and is like, Oh, I can't make my own music because I don't have access to anything, I'm like, You've got a phone in your hand. Yeah. You know, you could do so much with your phone and I think a lot of people underestimate it because I know some some people that actually like do produce music through GarageBand and like they get some pretty good sounding stuff, especially when you get like one of those, I think it's called the iRig and you can plug in mics if you want. Yeah. And it's not expensive. The iRig I think is like 75 bucks or something. You get that and then you can just plug anything you want, any mic in or a guitar if you want to play guitar into your phone. So it's like... With all these tools that are out now, it makes it so much more accessible to be a musician, especially just for demoing even. Yeah. Um, like you said, you used it for the demo purpose, and I'm assuming you just recorded your vocal line, right, and sent it to him, and then he produced over the vocal? Yeah. Or, wow, that's so that's crazy. Actually, it's, it's funny. I feel like, I don't know, production to me is like a foreign language. Mm-hmm. So when we first started, I'd be like, can we add like a sound? And he'd be like, a symbol. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. So Wait, like, what did you say? Can we add a, a what sound? Like a tss. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, a symbol, like, good job, you know? So, like, I feel like I've gotten better at this point at, like, explaining what I want, but it's cool. So, like, I used to, I now have, like, a little stand for it, but I have um, a mic that I connect to my computer, and I would take individual pieces of, like, this foam mm-hmm. and just, like, with duct tape, like, make a little cube. Yeah. And just sit on the floor and record with my computer. So, like, that's how, like, all of my songs at this point that are out um, have been made. Oh, every song that you have out on Spotify was made like that at this point. Of my own releases. Wow. Yeah. I didn't. So, what kind of mic do you you still just use? Like oh. a Rode. Oh, okay, a Rode. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cool though. So I, I was thinking you were just using like the mic on your computer no. or your phone. I was like, what? no. How's that? Because like those, they don't sound like that, you know. No, the so mic is good. like good quality. Um, but it's like a bootleg setup to actually get it like done. Um, and that's so where I everybody just send starts, it acapella. So. so okay. Now that I, um, you know, Trevor, because he knows how to produce, like, we definitely can make a skeleton beat a bit easier because that wasn't something I really knew how to do on my own before. But um, I would just send, like, my vocals a cappella. So, like, for that song, it would just be, I know a girl who looks like she's, and just do the whole thing. And then we would have a session, me and Zach, and from there, you know, he'd have a sample beat made, and then it would be like, let's do, I don't know, I feel like the bridge should drop down and do this and that. So, like, we kind of, like, co-produce it together. Yeah. Um, but, no, yeah, it's and, you cool. Know, it's cool to me, though, that you said, too, that you, you know, you started off just saying to your friend, oh, I want that sound, right? But, uh, you know, Michael Jackson, actually, when he worked with Quincy Jones, he would uh, typically go into the booth, mm-hmm. and then he would say, all right, I want the drums to go like this. And he'd go, and then Quincy would... He would say, or not say, I don't know if he sampled or not. I can't remember if, you know, some stuff they probably played and some stuff they probably started sampling once they got more into the sampling era. But, uh, yeah, he would sit down and he would produce it after Michael would make the sound. And then same with a lot of the instruments. He'd say, okay, I want the guitar to come in and go, bah, 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 bah. and like he'd give him the rhythms and the yeah. general pitch of what 
the chords he heard in his head were. And then that's how they would produce a lot of Michael's songs. I'm not sure which songs specifically, but I, I know not all of them, but some of them. So it's pretty neat that you did that as well. You know, uh, I think like some people look at that as like you have a lack of knowledge, but I think you have more inherent knowledge you know you understand music and you know the sound that you hear and you know what you want and you're better at vocalizing it than knowing how to like knowing the technical terms for everything like oh i i want a, a hi-hat pattern like this or i want a cymbal crash here like you don't necessarily need to know those words to explain the sounds you yeah. know that's the beauty of the human voice you can make so many sounds and you could then give that to a producer and say hey i want i want it to sound like and this and he's gonna know you want kick snare kick snare just because that's just what makes sense, you know? Taylor Swift did that um, for her song, I Did Something Bad on Reputation. She, I think I read somewhere, she like reached out to a producer and was like, can we get an instrument that goes like, da 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 And he was like, no, but we could just record your voice and do that. So Yeah, no, that's a great thing to do too. Even that, like we've done a couple of times, but I appreciate you saying that because so many times, like, you know, I've just felt like, even just like starting out and not knowing certain things, like, Halsey, for example, she has such, like, a cool voice because it's very light. She's not, like, you know, always, like, belting crazy or doing anything, but it just sounds so clear. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I would go to record, like, my first songs, I'd sing the hook, and I'd be like, why doesn't it sound like it does on the radio? Like, it, she sounds so much louder, but, like, I don't feel like I'm supposed to scream into the microphone. And then I, I learned, like, oh, like, it's doubled. She's singing the same thing multiple times, and it's all layered, mm -hmm. and I was like... Like, mind blown. Yeah, layers, <laughs> honestly, for me as a kid, right, mm -hmm. I swear, it was like a point where it was like a eureka moment where I understood that all music was in layers. Because yeah. I think when I, like, as a kid, you just hear a song and you think, that's just what it was. You know, you might see all the instruments playing even and, like, but you don't think about when you go into the studio. Even if you see, you know, if you see two guitarists on stage, there might be four guitar tracks on the on the song because they're doing a right. double of guitar sometimes too or they're doing, you know, anything like that. So there's all these layers to it. And sometimes there's layers that are, like, subtle so you don't even really notice them as a listener. You know, like, uh, there's these, uh, what is it they call it, um... I mean, I sometimes I'll just call it like color tones where I'll just throw in a tone that goes over some part of the song and it creates color in different parts of it. So like okay. it's like rather than having a whole melodic line, it's just like a sound that comes in on one note and it'll pop in randomly. And it kind of just adds like uh, like a little sheen over things. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of it, but like it'd be like if I threw a bell and I just had a bell hit every couple of measures okay. just so it adds something of variety, right? Because variation is like, variation is like a very important thing in music, in my opinion, like where you have like, you know, you keep things similar, but you add changes, right? So like for me, like uh, one thing I always noticed is with like a lot of the top songs, like by people like Max Martin and stuff like that, their structure is they have verse one, right? has a melody mm -hmm. and then that melody gets taken into verse two, and they start verse two with the melody starting the same. And then they switch it. And then they add a switch up, exactly. Yeah. And that's just like one thing like that. So there's all kinds of things throughout a layering that are going on that are doing different elements like that. So it's pretty cool. Um, so what are your plans, though, for the rest of this year? You got any shows planned out? Uh, any? I know you have some releases you're planning to do, um, but I don't know when you're trying to do those or if you know yet. I... I'm so bad at putting out music. Like, I'm sitting on so much right now, and I just don't know, like, when to put it out. Um, it's just more, I feel like I want to make sure that, like, 
I do the song justice because half the time I feel like I put a song out and don't like take the time to promote it like you know it's not helping the song but at the same time I hate being that person that's like look at what I did like yeah. look at what I did you know it's like I don't but want to annoy people that's why <laughs> the best marketing is not marketing but being consistent yeah. you know so I think it's hurting you more to let yourself think like that because it as an artist there's like a level of like you have to kind of be you have to you don't want to come off arrogant, but you kind of have to be into yourself a little bit because that's know, what you're, you're so, selling yourself. To be completely honest, like when I first started, you know, putting on my Instagram that I was going to start doing music and changing it for being like my personal Instagram's like, oh, I'm going to do music now. Like I really expected people to be like, fuck you. Like you suck. Like this is shit. And I don't know. Luckily, like people have not been mean, but like I always just feel as though like I don't want to like piss people off. Yeah. So I need to work on that because I feel like, like you said, as an artist, like obviously like, I'm proud of my work and I'm proud of the people that I've gotten to make it with. But it's also like, I don't want to like disappoint them or disappoint myself on some level by knowing I could have done better at like, you know, giving a song more of a life than it has by like not making it perfect. Mm hmm. But that's, you know, it, perfectionism doesn't, it's. It's like, there's a double-edged sword though. Because you yeah. do, you want it to be the best it can possibly be. And nobody's disagreeing with that. But there's like, I there's a kind of concept too in music, like, where a song's never actually finished. Right. You just decide that, it, okay, I'm not going to do anything else to it. You know, it's and never. And then three months later, you hear and yeah. you're like, I should have put that ad lib exactly. in there. Exactly. <laughs> or, oh, I should have put a harmony here. It would have been perfect. Or whatever it is. Yeah. You'll come back to a song 10 years later and think that. Like, even uh, even if it's a song like that's so out of, like, like I have stuff I've made in years and years back. Like, I have a piano album I did when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I still, every now and then, I'll just go listen to it just because it's, it's fun to hear, like, where I was at, you know, I was like 12 to 14 years old making these songs. So I was a different, you know, different person altogether. But I go back and I'm like, oh, I just wish that I knew how to use quantize. So quantize is like a thing in production where, you know, you make things line up to a grid. Mm -hmm. So that way it's in time. Because gotcha. my problem was that I would like speed up really fast at parts and then slow down and then speed up because I didn't have any rhythm yet. I was just I knew how to play the instrument, but I didn't know how to play it rhythmically like where I stayed on the same tempo and the same BPM yeah. you know, I would keep fluctuating so uh I think like just looking at that you know I'm sure you have stuff that you made in early days of your music too that you look back and you're like some of this is actually really good I wish I had done this you know what I mean or maybe you like all of it but I know I have stuff that I made when I was young too that I'm like <gasps> yeah what did I do why did I make that um I think that happens though like you'll you'll change and you might you know, other people might still love it, too. I, I look back to, like, the songs I wrote when I was eight, and I was like, okay, like, we were a big Hannah Montana fan back then, just from, like, the, the melodies, even. That's so funny. Well, it's like, because I have songs on my, my first album that I, like, my, my first full-length album I put out when I was doing music. I used to do it under the name Eli Font, and when I had started, um, this album kind of had some, like, weird songs on it, and just, like, to me, I always felt a little weird about them looking back at them now. Mm -hmm. But I still have people that'll hit me and be like, bro, I still love that song. Like, or, or I'm obviously like, 
you know, my family especially, family is always going to be like, oh, this song because it was early and it was beginning of you and, like, it's sentimental to them almost, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, or friends are the same way. Like, if they're, like, really close with you and they really support your music and support your craft for all these years, they love your old stuff just because it was the time of your, your youth and your, your prime, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, not that you're not going to be better in the future, but it's like, uh, oh, it's it's funny like that. But, yeah, so, well... I think we're probably going to wrap up here in a minute. Um, but where can people find you online? What's uh, what's your at? And um, basically, at this point, everything I do is on Instagram. So underscore Alyssa Gray. That's G R E Y. Um, and one other thing, besides putting a song out, I also am going to try to get better at using TikTok. So hopefully, I will okay. have that up and running soon. So we're going to have to see Alyssa Gray on TikTok soon. And yeah. uh, so, what are you going? What's your at on TikTok? Is it the same? up right now on tiktok so like don't it doesn't mean you you gotta get some people in you know (laughs) let them know where to find you i know i just feel so boring like being a musician is super cool but like most of my days i'm just like at home like chilling with my cat or something so it's (laughs) like i know i feel like i have nothing to post but it's yeah at underscore Alyssa gray okay awesome awesome so at underscore Alyssa gray on tiktok and instagram it was awesome chopping it up with you here on the podcast, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again at some point in the future. I'll have to have you back on in maybe a year or something and see what you're doing and uh, where you're at then. For sure. But Cool. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the Edlovision Experience. I really appreciate you guys for being here to support these awesome people and their stories. Uh, if you do like content like this, please do me a favor and smash that subscribe button, and while you're at it, hit the bells for notification because we got plenty more episodes coming at you only here on the Edlovision Experience.